Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And M is not with us tonight. It seems like the story of our life lately. I think we're missing our M. We are. It's kind of like missing your mojo. Except not quite. We're, we're definitely missing something. There is something. Yeah. And M, M's it. Yeah. So, uh, M, we. She was on the last show, right? You did she, the, oh, interview, the interview with Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tonight we are missing our M. I guess uh, the, uh, the, the pollen is really bad right now right, right. down in D.C. We can't wait to get our M back. M, and then we can boogie. <laughs> you haven't seen the Sci-Fi Diner boogie yet, but you will. Oh, mm. you will. No. No, you won't. You will. You, you <laughs> will. You will. Well, anyways, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you joining us tonight, this afternoon, or this morning, whenever you are listening to us. And we have an exciting show in store. Um, really a great menu. What are some of the things that are on tap tonight for those that are coming in to... Uh, Dining with us tonight. Well, as we're recording, this is kind of the eventful day. Um, today is very, as we're recording, this is kind of significant. Um, we're going to remember the actor who uh, voiced the character of Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. I mean, that iconic line. Um, unfortunately, uh, we have to report of his passing. Um, also, if you're a fan of uh, Star Trek First Contact, well, if you know your history, this is uh, First Contact Day. That's right. It is First Contact Day. We obviously are going to talk about what's going on in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about Batman, Superman, some of the flack, some of the love it's been getting. And um, what else is there? I, that, I think that's really it. You, you talked about a Batman movie that's coming out. Maybe we'll probably talk about that. But what's really on our docket tonight is to talk about ZenkaCon. Mm-hmm. And Zenka Con was a con that my daughter and I frequented. Frequented. We went this weekend, I should say. Um, and so she's going to come on the show with us. You'll hear T, as we call her, um, or T Ty, but T is what I'll re- be referring to her probably tonight. And you'll hear her report of the con. And then we're going to bring you a very special interview. Um, and uh, most of you, if you don't watch anime, these voice actors may not be known uh, to you. But but but. Um, Ellen Stern uh, was on, was in Charlie's Angels, some of the episodes of Charlie's Angels, I believe. Um, mm. But she uh, she voices many, many anime characters. And then Richard Epgar, who voices also many anime characters, including another f- version of the Joker. That's exciting. Um, and uh, maybe known to more of our listeners as uh, Thomas Edison in Warehouse 13. Cool. So he was the actor for a little bit for that. And then I'm going to be ending up with our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. They're going to be our top five moments from Zenkai Khan. And that's kind of where we're at. Mm -hmm. So a little bit more anime-focused show. We don't often talk about anime in the show like this, but it certainly has its place in science fiction. And you don't think our little part of the world, Lancaster County, the heart of Amish country, uh, we got an anime con. But it is, I don't know if it's the largest one, but it is a large one. It is larger than Shore Leave and larger than Farpoint. Mm-hmm. So they bring in about 5,000 people a weekend. That's amazing. So it's pretty amazing. It was packed. and mm-hmm. You saw the significance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and an entirely different demographic. We're going we're gonna to chat about that. I'm going to save that for a little bit later. But that's kind of what's on the uh, menu tonight. So um, 
Yeah. Let's talk about us. Yes. So, so Miles, what in the heck are you uh, doing? What are you watching? What's sci-fi-ish in your world? I'm still enjoying uh, Flash and Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I, um, I know Legend, Legends of Tomorrow, it's not perfect, but it's fun. And I'm really enjoying the character, the actor who plays. Now, these uh, are all spin-off superhero characters, right? Not, like, uh, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow, it's more, you know, they, they took some of the secondary, tertiary, tertiary characters um, and put them in the show. But they're all great. and um, But not just... You know, superheroes, but two villains also. Okay. Uh, Captain Cold, and I don't remember the other character's name, but some people may remember this show called Prison Break that was on Fox about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. The two guys that play the brothers are playing the... Um, the villains? The villains in this. That's and, awesome. And uh, They were great actors in Prison Break. I only watched like one season of Prison Break, but they were awesome. Right. And so the guy, both of them are fantastic, but I'm really appreciating and enjoying the actor who plays... Um, Captain Colt. Um, he's just uh, he's just enjoyable to watch uh, on this. Watching Walking Dead. Uh, I'm not caught up on it yet. I realize they had their last their, their season finale. Uh, Daredevil. I have one or two more episodes to watch of that. That's so. What do you think of season two of Daredevil? They 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 managed to um, be tell tell really good stories and 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 you know stay true to. Uh, what what it was in the first season. I mean, the first season was a lot of the introductory stuff, but but now I mean, we, now we saw we saw Electra, we saw um, the birth of the Punisher, um, so we saw, we we even got to see. Um, um, he wasn't called the Kingpin in season one, but it looks like we figure out how he gets the, the, the title, the Kingpin. Very good. Um, so we get we get to see he was in one one episode we see he sort of takes over the jail <laughs> okay um, so I'm enjoying that um, I'm reading a Star before, Trek now. before you get there tell me about Walking Dead where is Walking Dead gone Walking Dead it's um, it, it's it's real it's it, it's really the, the core people that we know that they've joined forces with this little colony. And they've had to deal with other outside forces. So Rick, of course, Rick is now is the leader, um, but there's still outside forces fighting for dominance. It's always been the bad guys weren't the zombies, although the zombies were bad enough. It's it's what happens with what people do when there, there's no law and order, where society breaks down. People are fighting for resources to survive and just to um and so it's it's still that 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 conflict um it's also people just kind of you see them kind of getting tired of the fight i mean what they have what they've had to do to survive this long and um where they are now hmm. um so i'm, I'm curious I, I i i ask is the show running out of steam but it seems like they still they're still pulling big numbers and their, their spin-off show, Fear the Walking Dead, uh, comes out real soon. Well, now, what I'm what I'm getting from you as you talk about it is a sense of hesitancy mm-hmm. that you aren't convinced that for yourself it has the same steam it once had. It's it's still it's still good and enjoyable, but yes, I mean, because we it, it's almost I don't it's not a rehash. It's just they're fighting different different groups of people for to survive and. 
I just wonder how, how often you keep telling that story. Right, right, right. Well, you, need, you can't ask me about that because, you know, I gave up after Herschel Walker. had Herschel had his leg hacked off. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this show. I don't need this in my life. Right. So, I mean, that's been, you know, what, three, four seasons ago. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm a bad to ask that. Anyways, you were going to tell us before I rudely interrupted you what you are reading right now. Yes, I'm reading a Star Trek novel uh, written by Christopher Bennett. Uh, he, we see him at the Shore Leave Cons. Um, I don't think we've ever interviewed him. We no. Need, we need to tap him on the shoulder and do an interview. Uh, we ought to do that, yeah. He's, he, he's, he's writing the Star Trek, the novels that take place in the Enterprise era. Okay. Um, and so this one's called Rise of Federation, Live by the Code. And uh, I'm about um, maybe a quarter way in. I'm enjoying that. Good. Mm-hmm. It's an enjoyable read. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Three things on my list. And there might be more sci-fi stuff. Like, I'm watching some superhero stuff. Um, right now, my son's been totally into... Um, Oh, what's that DreamWorks animated dragon movie that was out? Uh, how to how to tame a dragon or how to how to tame your dragon? Thank you, thank you. One and two, and then there's been the spinoff TV series that they did as a result of it. So I've been watching a lot of that. So I guess that plays into the fantasy a little bit. Um, the I just finished the novelization. It's novelization. There is only the novelization of it. Um, so you can't really say that if it's if it's the novelization, which implies there's a movie because there's not. Right. Um, but Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. There's a book too, and I haven't started it yet uh, because I'm doing something for the Dune Saga podcast. Um, reading a book for that. But Brandon Sanderson's The Way of King, a 45 hour novel. It was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Well developed. Didn't see how they were spinning it. Uh, loved the way the characters built. Totally worth worth the uh, read. Hmm. So I'm really excited about Brandon Sanderson. Can't wait to get back into that verse. Uh, but I do have to wait until I'm finished with the uh, Dune novel I'm reading. I'm reading The Sisterhood of Dune. Um, there, it's part of the school trilogy uh, in Dune. And uh, this is the first of three. And uh, these will be the last two books of Dune that we're reading, unless we decide to read some others or talk about some others. But um, at this point, we're going to be uh, figuring out what direction we're heading as a podcast after we finish these books. Mm-hmm. So possibly another literary-type podcast, like book-type podcast, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, other things sci-fi related, you know, when Disney takes over a franchise, it frees up their other shows to do uh, Star Wars spinoffs. Um, including the show Finnis and Firm, uh, which is a cartoon that those of you who have kids know Finnis and Firm, uh, two cartoons. Well, they did their own version of Star Wars A New Hope. Oh. Um, it was a two-part series, and it was funny, mm-hmm. funny. Um, making fun of it, uh, have, poking fun of it, and um, bringing stuff that wasn't in the original New Hope, and it was well done. It was it was creative, well done, and they had some great musical numbers. And it's uh, in among is the quest for Darth Vader's socks. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, has to keep a kid friendly. Yes, it is. But it's funny. It's if you watch Finish and Fur, there's enough there that keeps it pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, which is the point of it. And the last thing, because I went to an anime convention, I said, you know what, I need to watch a little bit more anime in my life. And so there's a 13 episode series. So we talk about how many. TV shows now are just doing these short series. There was a short series called Gargantua on the Virtuous Planet. Virtuous, V-E-R-D-U-R-O-U-S. Virtuous, I think you say, uh, planet. Um, It's a mech. It's one of these mech ones. So similar to what you see with like Pacific Rim, a little smaller, Mm -hmm. not near as big. But um, 
the twist in it is pretty incredible. Like I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Like it was seven, eight episodes in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, well done. Story tastefully told. Um, main characters are upper teens, younger 20s. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was very, it was a very enjoyable watch. So I really enjoyed it. So, cool. so I've been watching a little bit of anime based on the con and my daughter's fault. Mm-hmm. I blame my daughter. So you'll hear from her later. But, but anyways, I, I think that's about it. Anything else about your sci-fi world? I forgot to mention, I am still watching, my wife and I are watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's, that, that's still good. And I read something earlier that, Something, something there will play a, some small part in the uh, Captain America Civil War movie. They typically do. Yeah, they typically do. The the one advantage of having a show like that is you can tie it into the movies and have it a little bit of crossover, flesh a little bit of backstory. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Well, before we go into some news tonight, we want to give a little bit of shout out and love to our friends at the Trekcast podcast. Um, Miles, tell me a little bit. You're still listening to the podcast, right? Yeah, they, they've been um, putting out their podcast since like 2008, I think. Yeah, they are much older than us. Well, not much older, about a year or two older than us. Yeah, so, uh, but they're, they're still putting out podcasts once every couple weeks. And um, uh, it's Darren, and, Darren and, and David do a really good job. Uh, they're just taking topics of what, what things are like in the future and, and compare and contrast them to what they are now and, and stuff. So um, they don't typically review episodes. It's um, more like a topic show that, that Star Trek uh, explores. Now, has that evolved over time? I mean, were they more episode, episodic or movie-centric at one time? Or, um, or has it always it, been it, more it, of a general topic? Mostly a general topic. Occasionally they would, they would review... An, an episode or a movie, but um, it's it's more just them talking about what, what's what's going on in the Star Trek universe. All right. All well, right. Uh, without further ado, here's their promo. Listen up, Topaz. You know, see, it's like, <laughs> hey, I still got a little Star Trek in me. I'm built up mid-21st century civilian clothing. <laughs> yeah, well, next time you see a guy that looks like Wolverine, poke me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cocktail. High and cocktail. Oh. High balls, like cocktail. Oh, God. This is getting bad. You're listening to Trekcast, the Star Trek podcast, www.trekcast.com. Listen to Trekcast, it'll save your virtual life. Are back. We want to share with you just a little bit of significant news before we go into our con report tonight. So we have we have some sad news tonight, Miles. Uh, you know, many times we watch these movies, and there are roles that were probably never intended by the producers to become iconic, and yet somehow they resonate with us. Right. And um, I, I would say that this character in Star Wars has risen to the level of being an iconic character whose story, backstory has been explored in many of the animated series, um, but especially in uh, Return of the Jedi. It's a trap! Right, and um, uh, Erica Bowersfeld, uh, the, the man who voiced the character of uh, 
at a black bar. He passed away. He, he was uh, 93 years old. Yeah, 93 years old. So it voiced him not only in The Return of the Jedi, but also The Force Awakens, which so, is pretty cool. So it's good. It's good. I was I, I was happy we saw Adam Blackbar back for yeah. Force Awakens. And here's the reality. The voice, you can probably get someone else to do the voice. There are a lot of voice actors out there to do it. But the fact that he was the first is pretty cool. Also voiced Bib Fortuna, who is, uh, that's Jabba's little character, right, in the Jabba Palace. Uh, yeah, it was his like yeah. right hand man or lieutenant, whatever. So yeah, so that yeah. so yeah, that's. But uh, I'm just happy that he got to do it again in, in Force Awakens. Nice yeah. continuity between uh, the movies. Right. Also did voice work in Crimson Peak and AI artificial intelligence. So his he did a he says that the voice work he did was mostly accidental. Um, I was working with Randy Thorne, I get Thom on radio dramas at his technical quarters in Lucasfilm. One day, Ben Burt, sound designer of Star Wars, combined asked if I would audition for the voice in the movie. So he also did the voice work uh, an Akbar character in Star Wings X Wing, the 1993 flight simulator game. Oh, nice! So, so he did a lot of voice work for it, but that's kind of it. So he's passing. So uh, it's a trap, Miles. So. And uh, but he has gone into the trap, I guess. Or, I suppose. Say. Yeah. So. But we're 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 delight. You know, he, he the voice was great for Akbar. I can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. So uh, definitely going to be missed as far as uh, in the the Star Wars. Uh, Dumb, if you want to call it that. Um, another significant day. Uh, this one for the enemy, Miles. Star Trek. Yes, uh, not a, really the enemy, but happy first contact day, everybody. Yes, first contact day. <laughs> now, for those who are just, you know what, Trek just doesn't resonate for them. What is first contact day? Well, first contact day is when uh, we meet um, um, extraterrestrials for the first time. It was explored in the movie Star Trek: First Contact back in ni- twenty years ago, back in '96. Um, now, was that a? Um, which uh, that was a next generation movie, right? Yes. So uh, what the, the premise is: the Borg wants to stop first contact, so they time travel and they try to kill Zephyr and Cochran, and the Enterprise manages to follow the Borg ship through that time vortex, and it's it's the Enterprise crew fighting the Borg and and, and uh, helping Zephyr and Cochran out. So first con- the day that we first meet aliens. Yes. So first contact, hence the name. So it's first contact day today. Yes. As we're recording that, which is by the way, April fourth. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, according Today's, to uh, April fifth. Sorry, hmm. April fifth. Right. Mm-hmm. So now is this the actual year? This isn't the actual. No, year. it's it's, 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 it's just it, a date. It's just yeah. a date. But I mean, yeah. um, we got like an, according to the movie, it it happened in like fifty years ago, fifty years in the future. Yeah. Twenty sixty something. Batman versus Superman. Now, I know you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. So uh, we come at this story talking not as people that have watched the movie and loved or hated it, but just from things that we have heard. Um, We just want to talk just a little bit about it. I think the most significant thing, because numbers don't lie, is despite the controversy and how dark this film was and how people, whether met their expectations or didn't meet their expectations, Batman versus Superman brought in $700 million in its first weekend open. Or at least up to, so this is, I guess, five, six days it's been out. It's brought in that amount of money. And that does say something. It does. It's saying um, people still want to, people want to watch it and make up their own minds. Right. And and they're they're doing that with uh, how they're spending their money. 
people uh, love it, hate it, uh, like Wonder Woman. I'm hearing all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I think M went. We uh, we can't really speak for tonight, but I know that she did not enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Arrowwood kind of on the fence of this one. Um, not sure how he feels about it. Dayton Ward kind of the same way, I think, if we just to throw out some names of people that we've talked to and that we follow. Right. Um, I, I know that the te- one of the techs at our school that I work at, he went and he absolutely loved it. He said, it's good. I loved it. It was an enjoyable movie. I loved it. Yeah, so, uh, a very good friend of mine said he enjoyed it too. Yeah, and he said, "Here's you know how I know I enjoyed it? Two and a half hour movie. I didn't even realize it was two and a half hours. That just went blue, 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 blue. It wasn't like he was looking at his watch when this is going to be over. He loved it. It, it was an enjoyable ride. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this is just Batman versus Superman. So many expectations. People really do not like Ben Affleck as Batman. There's a lot of backlash about that. Yeah. Uh, and so I wonder if some of it's out of that. People loving the fact that we get finally a, a movie that is a a strong female Wonder Woman in the DC uh, universe, a strong female character finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean... What did Ditzler have to say about it? Mike, Mike liked it a lot. He said, go see it. So um, so I probably I probably will still see it in theaters. I, 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 it's not like they're going to take it out early. I mean, uh, they're making... Yeah, they're making too much money. It's going to be in at least a couple more weekends, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just this is the first weekend we're mm-hmm. out, right? So, folks, if you haven't seen it yet and you're on the fence, um, there's a lot of people saying they like it. Um, you know, don't, you know, don't let what other people are saying, don't, don't let the negative stuff influence you. I mean, uh, check it out for yourself and, and and make up your own mind. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that there is... Um, there's no doubt that there is that that aspect of it, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. Mm. I just don't know what I think of it. I, I think when I go see it, I, I may not be. I'm sure it's gonna the action. The action is gonna be incredible. I think the probably the the, the fight scene between Batman and Superman is gonna look great. You know how well how well does Ben Affleck pull off the Bruce Wayne Batman character? That's I don't know um, how well are the, how well is Wonder Woman written in this movie. Um, it'll be interesting to see and and, and see what they, what they do with the um, other characters of, of Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did get one voicemail in. I thought I'd play it for us so we can kind of respond to it if that's cool. Oh, was very, that cool with you? Very cool. All right, so let me go ahead and cue that up, and uh, we'll talk about it uh, on the flip side. Hi there. This is half and half. I wonder what your opinions are on the recent comic book related TV shows, shows from DC and Marvel, as well as the supernatural related shows being listed as sci-fi in television browsers, in booklets, and also online. Do you think that these shows should have their own genre, or do you feel it appropriate and comfortable having them listed as sci-fi? Thanks. Take care. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Let's talk about his question. Yeah. Do you think that the super, the supernatural and the superhero shows should be thrown into the science fiction category? That's a tough question. I, I mean, it's definitely kind of a, almost a subgenre, I guess, of, of science fiction. I mean, uh, the, whole, the, the whole comic book superhero thing. 
but you're still exploring a lot of the same things in science fiction, um, exploring the human condition, um, sometimes on a grander scale. But a lot, of, I mean, we talked about what is sci-fi, and remember we had that long conversation with Keith about that. I mean, yeah, what is science fiction, and you know. I think it fits into Keith's definition of science fiction. That's that's what I was thinking too. It fits into that. Uh, but if you're going to take science fiction as being scientific in some way, mm-hmm. then the supernatural doesn't necessarily fit that. Um, and maybe about half your superheroes also don't fit. You know, fit that. Um, if they are, unless well, no, I can't. Let me take it back because they're they're either alien or they develop their super strength through a mutation or through uh, an accident with technology. So I think maybe superheroes. I think I'm a little bit more inclined to say yes, subgenre sci-fi, supernatural shows, maybe not. But then you have a, you have a mixed bag of characters that are, like you said, either aliens or have their abilities through technology or or a mutation or accident. But you also have characters like Wonder Woman. Uh, she she was from this, you know, island of Amazon women, and they're somehow related to the Greek gods. Um, that's that's getting a little supernatural there, too. It is. Um, I mean, in the comic books, Thor is the Norse god. Thor. I guess Hellboy isn't really... Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of supernatural there with Hellboy. And... Right. I mean, when that's... Yeah, so it's... But it's it's almost a mixed bag because you're mixing some supernatural with science fiction. There, it's it, it's not it's not one or the other. It's 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 both. It's a great question, and I think that there's it, it's it almost if you broaden it a little bit, you also say, well, should fantasy really be part of the science fiction genre? If I go to see science fiction in a bookstore, I'm going to find fantasy in there. Now, many times they'll label it as science fiction and fantasy, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's just science fiction. Yeah. Depending on the bookstore, and uh, is that is is that are we doing a disservice to it? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we like broad categories to cover our fiction. It's easy to kind of find it. Yes. So maybe rather than have its own su- uh, category, is as they're probably doing the subcategories that you find on a site. You know, take me to science fiction, and oh, here is space opera. Here is. Uh, you know, apocalyptic. Here is zombie. Here's time fiction. time travel. Yeah, I mean, maybe break it in that way. Mm-hmm. So, but great question. Thank you for asking. And listeners, if you want to weigh in on this, please uh, drop us a voicemail. You can do it through SpeakPipe on our website, or you can uh, you can uh, email us uh, an audio clip, or even a just type it out, and uh, we'll read it in the show. We'd love to get your opinion. What do you think? Should superhero and s- supernatural TV shows, uh, media, whatever, movies, should they be classified as science fiction? As we're talking about this, uh, I had the opportunity to visit a Barnes & Noble. And my wife and I were walking to the bookstore looking at stuff. And, and yeah, the superhero stuff was with the science fiction. But there's so much of it now that you could almost... It, it, it could almost... I mean, it's definitely a sort of a subgenre of itself, but... It, it occupied a large enough section with all the, you know, some of the graphic novels with the... So uh, you're, you're saying it could almost have its own yes. section. Yes, uh, yes. I'm not saying, you know, but it incorporates 
elements of science fiction. So it's 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 you can't divorce it from science fiction entirely because they do things in outer space. There's aliens. There is um, technology. You know, super cool technology. So, but uh, I'll tell you what though, when we, there, at this Barnes and Noble, I mean, there was like I said, a huge section just devoted to the superhero comic book genre um, material. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, again, let us know your thoughts. Well, before we go into our con report about ZenkaCon, let's talk real quickly about the Gatecast. Gatecast are people that we've known for years. They've been podcasting a long time as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they're basically a show that reviews all sorts of Stargate uh, episodes. And are they still doing Stargate episodes? Or are they moved on? They are, are reviewing um, Stargate Atlantis, the last season right now. And so they, they still have the Stargate movies, um, Arc and of Truth and Continuum. Did they do Universe yet? They have not done Universe yet. So they have another uh, bunch of s- seasons to go. So they, they they got probably a couple more years left of material. Yeah, so if they want to do it, they will continue to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, Mike and Alan do a real good job. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're, they're from across the pond. Um, so we get you know some European... Um, uh, sensibility about it but yeah. uh it's a it's a fun podcast i've been listening to a long time if you're a stargate fan you gotta check out their podcast absolutely and here's a promo for their show the myths of a thousand worlds tell of a time when darkness enveloped the galaxy an age before the coming of the fifth race tales and legends of gods that could crush worlds but with a gesture and vast armies to enslave the free peoples of our realms armies whose existence spanned hundreds of generations yet long gone, and we ask ourselves, what if these myths have a kernel of truth? One thing is known, those who now claim to be descended from the fifth race are not eager to look back into the darkness, but events have conspired against them as long lost worlds outside of the gate systems have been discovered. The first artifacts and data have been studied, and now is the time for the true story to be told. These are the people of the fifth race before they became saviors of the galaxy. Watch, listen and comprehend then spread the lessons we learned from the people of the Earth and its Stargate command. Engage the translation matrix. Matrix ready. Input search phrase. Gatecast, a Stargate podcast. Gatecast implemented. Translation and interpretation engaged for Stargate archives. Audio format. Enhance, please. Gatecast additional data located. Gatecast.co.uk Also under the heading Facebook, Google+, Twitter and iTunes. Gatecast. By fans, for fans. Stargate forever. And tonight we are going to be talking about ZenkaCon. Now, for those of you that don't know, what is ZenkaCon? Well, ZenkaCon is like um, a convention for um, um, where people come and do animated 
Yeah, so it's for anime, right? Mm -hmm. So the voice that you're hearing speak, by the way, because I just dropped you in here and didn't really introduce you. Well, we didn't mention you were going to be on the show. Is my daughter, T. So welcome to the show, T. Thank you. Yep, yep. So uh, T has been to some conventions, but this is the first real convention that she went actually as press. So she she went and represented the Sci-Fi Diner there along with her dad. So... Uh, very cool. Yeah, so it was it was it was very cool time. So Zenkai Khan, I don't think it's the largest anime convention, but it is certainly the closest anime convention to us. It's about ten minutes away, fifteen minutes away from our house here in Lancaster City. Lancaster City, uh, not a huge city by any means. Certainly no Philadelphia, Baltimore, Harrisburg, but a significant sized city with a lot to do. And this con is pretty big for the area. Well, you told me the numbers that it tracked. Yeah, so. I mean, so we go to Farpoint, we go to we go to Shore Leave, and mm-hmm. Shore Leave, I think, brings maybe a thousand people that weekend. No, I think about a thousand and a half, maybe, and then uh, Farpoint's about six, eight hundred. So right. small cons, right? Right. This con brings in five thousand. That's so amazing. we're talking like three, four times the number of people that come to this convention, um, and. Uh, and it's an interesting demographic we're going to talk about. So, but it's this anime convention that takes place the first weekend in April. This is it's this is their tenth year, so it was their ten year anniversary, and they had someone that we interviewed there, Miles. I heard, yes, that's really cool. Yeah, so Vic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from Star Trek continues. Say his last name for me because I mess it up. He uh, made fun of this too. Remember, he was talking about no one can pronounce his last name. Go ahead. Uh, I, bl- I bl- I'm going to take a stab at it. Um, so, so, so Vic's last name is Minana. Minana. Yeah, well, good there's luck a, because I, I don't can't get it. There's <laughs> a G in his name. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a really interesting that. But he was there, and we actually were set up to do an interview with him on Sunday, but we couldn't go Sunday. We were too tied up. So. Okay. Uh, but we did interview uh, Richard Epgar and Eileen, 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 Eileen uh, Stern, or Ellen Stern. I think it's Ellen Stern. So these two we interviewed, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. So... T, this question is for you. So we get out of the car and we walk up to the convention store, uh, the doors. By the way, this convention takes place at the Marriott Hotel in Lancaster at the convention center. So we walk in, first impressions. Um, I would say I was like, whoa, my mind blowed. I was like. Okay, what, what blew your mind? Um, the dressings. Yeah. So, well, meaning like how people yeah, like. So what we call the cosplay, right? The yeah. costumes. You don't say costumes, by the way. It's cosplay, right? Yes. So they're pretending, <laughs> but the cosplay. So moment you walk in, there's cosplay everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, Miles, when we go to Shore Leave and we go to Farpoint, there's cosplay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But when you compare it to this convention, there's not really cosplay. There's a few people doing cosplay, but here there are lots of people doing cosplay. Mm-hmm. In fact, I bet more than half the people here are cosplayers. Mm-hmm. If you don't cosplay, you're kind of in the minority. Because most people are cosplaying. Wow. Except for T and I. T and I, we didn't cosplay. Yeah. I cosplay as T's dad. It's really awesome. I have the role down perfectly. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we walk in, and it's like, whoa. There's cosplay everywhere, right? Um and uh, the demographic also very different than Shore Leave or Farpoint. Um, you go to Shore Leave, Farpoint, or Balticon. The demographics what? What would you say the demographic is? Uh, it, 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 you have people, you know, our age and older, 
And then, 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 then uh, families, people, you know, with, 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 with small children, I've seen. Right, right. So it's, I would say like 20s, 30s, maybe the young age, and then 40s or 50s, probably, you know, is what we're looking at. Uh, ZencaCon, what would you say the average age of people were as a, at ZencaCon? Oh, um, we saw kids like around Kiefer's age. Yep. So 30 and under? Yeah, definitely yeah. 30 and under. Mm-hmm. There were some that were older. Um, but not many, though. Me, I was older, but yeah. uh, but there was but most people predominantly we're talking about late teens, late teens, early twenties, maybe a little bit younger teens, whole different vibe. Okay. Um, now it had the feel of a convention, mm-hmm. same vibe, same type of activities, um, but definitely a different different demographic it was hitting. Um, so when we got there, we got our press passes. Uh, by the way, I do want to say this. I was going to say this to the end. But props to ZenkaCon. They were one of the most organized cons I've ever been to. Okay, very good. Um, in fact, they're up there on the way they arranged interviews mm-hmm. and the way they lined everything up and how organized they were. It was great. So, you know, like when we go, and this is not knocking Shore Leave or Farpoint, but you know when you go to Shore Leave, you wait in a line to get your press badge. Uh, when you go to Farpoint, same time, there's typically not much of a line at Farpoint. But when you go to these cons, you kind of wait in line. They had us wave the line. And just We walked right up, got our press passes, and left. And the inter- interview was lined up, and you had this amount of time. Now, it was kind of a collaborative interview. There were like three podcasts there. Mm-hmm. We were one of them. And so we got 10 minutes. So that was similar to what Farpoint does. Right. But it was very nicely done. Very Good. well organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well organized. Um, so what is the first thing? We got our press passes. What's the first thing that we did? Uh, first thing we did, we got on our little um, press pass. Yep. And I have one here hanging. We walked around and yeah, saw got some sites. It. It's, it, yeah, some sites. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by some sites? Well, <clears throat> like, I don't know, adults. I don't know, dressed in inappropriate. Yeah. yeah so, so there were a lot of there was there was a lot of great tasteful cosplay there. Yes. So there were three types of cosplayers in my opinion, and I maybe I'm generalizing. So forgive me if you're a cosplayer listening to this podcast because I don't mean to demean you at all. There were some people that obviously spent hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours and hours working on their cosplay outfits. Mm-hmm. A lot of cosplay. A lot of good, solid cosplay, beautiful girls in dresses, guys in armor, um, people that put a lot of time and money into the, their outfits. Then there were those that kind of just slapped together an outfit. And you could tell that it was kind of slapped together. Um, they were like, okay. And then there were those that probably shouldn't have been out in public in that outfit. They just didn't have the body type for that costume? Well, th- mm, some of that. Uh, some of it, you know... At a convention that builds itself as being family friendly, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of skin showing in some of them. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now, like we talked about, just like Farpoint and Shore Leave, there is certainly this adult component to anime, and you see that you know no one under eight, you know over eighteen, under eighteen can look at this or can go right. to this session. Um, they had that there, mm-hmm. but this was a uh, definitely a. Tasha was like, "Daddy, don't look." Keep keep your eyes forward. Don't look. Don't look. I mean, she was doing this like throughout the day because there were some that were just like, well, you know, 
I wouldn't be walking around that. If you were my daughter, you would not be going out that way, and you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, then again, maybe they don't live with their parents anymore, so what, whatever. But but anyways, so we walk around. It's four floors, by the way, of, of shops and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the convention center of rooms of people talking. Everything from cartoons of the 80s and 90s. You would have liked that one. I would have, yeah. And um, all the way to you know, Full Metal Alchemist and other panels. So the typical thing with panels uh, that people are presenting at. We ended up at karaoke, was our first session we went to. Now, they they started karaoke at 10. Now, this is not Farpoint karaoke, all right? You see, are you saying 10 in the morning? 10 in the morning. 10 okay. in the morning. So this is not Farpoint This is actually karaoke where you're trying out for a contest. Okay, it's a competition. It's a competition. At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we can stay for that, but there's a competition. And so throughout the day, you got to try out. Tell us a little bit about the karaoke. Um, it was nice. It was amazing to, to hear people singing in Japanese and the shows that you watch. Yeah. So basically, if you wanted to sing karaoke, you had a couple options. All right. Okay. You could either bring your own stuff, do your own thing, or Japanese show, uh, Japanese drama, Japanese anime, or Japanese, what they call J-pop, Japanese pop. Mm-hmm. Sorry, T, no K-pop. I know. She was very saddened. Right? Yes. <laughs> she, she was very saddened by Because one of the things you need to know about Tisha is she loves Korean pop music. Right? Mm-hmm. You've been into that for years. Yeah, yeah 2012, right? I think. Yeah, 2012 first. we got in. So what's your favorite K-pop band? Uh, Big Bang, BTS. Big Bang, yeah, BTS. Yeah. And some of them. Um, so there was some of that representation there, but nothing for the uh, karaoke. Now, these people who got up there, they could sing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They could say, this is, this is not your bar karaoke where people are just trying to have fun. This is serious karaoke. Okay. You don't mess with this karaoke mile. <laughs> I, I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. This is serious karaoke, right? Um, so we went from there. We, we sat there for, what, about a half an hour. Um, then we kind of went down to the dealer's room. Mm-hmm. Tisha fell in love with the dealer's room. Yes. There was a lot of stuff in the dealer's room. Mm-hmm. So, Tayesha, tell us about the dealer's room. Well, I know it was kind of nice. You walk in, and into your left was, like, the T-shirts. You can get T-shirts at Zinka Con. And then they had, like, little keychains. I got, like, a couple of Bleach characters' keychains. But sadly, they didn't have Bleach, um, Ichigo. Yeah, which... we got we to back up. So, Tayesha, your favorite anime is Bleach, right? Mm-hmm. Hands down. Now, you watch some others. There's a basketball one you've been watching, you yeah. and I. and. There's some others that you've been into over the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sword Art Online was what I watched. I didn't watch that with you, though. I watched, I watched a little bit. A yeah. little bit with you guys, and I got most bored. Most of Kiefer, we, we watched that. Uh, and there were some other, like, most romantic comedies. You tend to gravitate to that. But we were on a quest to find Ichigo from Bleach. Ichigo. And Ichigo is a main character in Bleach. Would you believe it? They had almost every single character. But, but Ichigo. Ichigo. So, and by the way, just so you know, in case you care, Miles, which I know you don't. But if you was if it you sold care, out? I mean, no, no. So you can get every character for about Bleach. These keychains run about six, seven dollars. Mm-hmm. You can find them online for about six, seven dollars. So mm-hmm. the convention wasn't scalping it or anything. I mean, it was about the average price, except for Ichigo. Guess how much the Ichigo keychain goes for? Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So main character, twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we didn't get an Ichigo keychain. 
We so. search and search. We, we saw shirts. We saw shirts. Yeah, but they yeah. were too large. Yeah, too, <laughs> yeah, so we didn't couldn't find our size. But we, it was just fun to see all the different goods. You could have bought like Japanese food, uh, candy, chopsticks. So it wasn't. It, there was some cultural stuff. The sword people that come to uh, shore leave. They were there. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so they had all their swords lined up. Um, it also catered toward artisans, people that were drawing and selling their own wares. So it wasn't just vendors. It was people that were actually doing their own anime or drawing their own representations of anime. Um, it was really nicely laid out and a lot of space, mm-hmm. a lot of space. It didn't feel crowded. It was crowded at times because there were a lot of people, but it didn't feel crowded. The, the stands were on top of each other. I guess, I mean, the the uh, Mary Convention Center compared to like the hotels down in um, Maryland that we go to. Yeah, it's just bigger. I mean, I was going to say, for Maryland, that place it is huge. It is huge. So, nice job. We need to convince Shoreleave to move up here. I'm just kidding. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That. But anyways, dealer's room. And then we went to do the interview. Now, similar to what uh, what we did with uh, Farpoint this year, we did go up to its own room, and we had about 10 minutes with uh, Richard uh, Epgar in and Ellen Stern, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but this was your very first interview, Titai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did, how did you feel about it? I was nervous because <laughs> I'm not a like public speak. You know, I don't. I'm not well with when I'm out in public speaking to people I don't know. Right. But so a little bit nervous. I'm going to tell you what though. She knew more about the anime that these guys did than I did. Yeah. She knew a lot about them. Uh, one played. So talking about Bleach. One played, uh, well, Richard played the voice of the sword. Um, and then the other one played Ichigo's mom. And so their husband and wife, and they kind of got into voice acting together. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of their story you're going to hear, and we'll talk about in a That's little cool. bit. But it was very nice, very nice. We have about 10 minutes, and uh, the podcasters were very nice that we worked with, and uh, it was well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. So would you say there are people from all over... I mean, you said it's like five thousand people. Yeah. Doing this thing, so uh, not like not just Lancaster. We were bringing people from I bet I bet from the tri-state area, maybe New York. From I guess it's part of the tri-state area, but Pittsburgh and so on, DC. Yeah, there, there was, was someone who was like farther away, and he just he came on Saturday, just the perfect day to come and meet Richard. And yeah, there was going. people traveled. Like we had podcasters <laughs> traveling hours away just to meet these guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So we, we did the interview, very good interview, and then we went down and sat on the uh, voice actors panel. I think we went to the dealer's room for a little bit, and then we went to the voice actors panel uh, mm-hmm. where Vic and Richard Epgard, Eileen, and um, I forget the other guy's the name. Was- yeah, I, should, I, have the, uh, I have the book here. I have the book here. Let me get the book. Um, the other guy that was on that voice actors panel. Let me see here. The Zenka Khan book. I'm totally prepared. Uh, Dante Basco. Is a guy's name, and he has done stuff like the uh, uh, American Dragon. Uh, did his uh, Avatar: Last Airbender as Prince Zuku, so he was like the main character mm-hmm. in that one. So he was big. Um, he also was in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so <laughs> so you you would know that Miles. Um, Probably not, but that's okay. Oh yeah, well I didn't watch much of it, but I'm familiar with the show certainly, but. Um, so we sat there, and they had um, they had them reading like scenes from Star Wars and Shakespeare. Oh, Star Wars and Shakespeare. Yeah, there's a Shakespearean version of A New Hope. Interesting. Yeah, so that book they had him actually mm-hmm. reading, <laughs> and he, he couldn't do it, and Vic was having the time of his life with it. Uh, we we did get a chance to hear Vic speak, 
mm-hmm. and that was very cool as well. So just to hear some of his stories, um, it was a great area. It was a great con. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of your favorite cosplays? Because I mean, it's a cosplay con. Let's get this straight. If you're going to go there and you want to cosplay, it's a, it's a con to do it at. Go ahead. I I don't know. I would probably go for the Bleach characters. I mean, right. I've been watching Bleach. So anytime, like, ooh, look, ooh, that's Ichigo. a mentor. Ooh, yeah, ooh. The- <laughs> yeah. So there's Ichigo. You know, there's, she, she was into that. some really nice cosplay. Some great place to get photos. People are taking stoda, uh, photos on the courthouse steps. Mm-hmm. Um, outside the square, people are getting photos. Um, Lancaster, if you've never been to Lancaster City and you want to come to a con here, plenty of places to eat. Tons no, of yeah. tons of restaurants downtown. Downtown's been kind of revitalized over the years, and it's a beautiful place to eat. So Cool. You have to pay to park, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't too bad. Actually, I think if you parked at the Marriott, you could have gotten a parking pass for like six bucks, which isn't bad. Oh no, that's not. That's pretty cheap. For when yeah, you to yeah. parking in a big. I didn't city. park there. I parked somewhere else and paid fourteen, mm-hmm. and we didn't stay the whole day. Mm-hmm. But you know, that is. But that was it. Um, that was the con. We stayed till about two, three o'clock, and then we left. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else to say about the con? Did you like the con? Yeah, I loved it. You let it, You want to go back <laughs> next year? Yeah, yeah, I would, but I don't know if I would dress up, though. Maybe. We're going to work in an outfit for Halloween. Oh, yes, we talked yeah, so about that. We talked that. about that. So we got to figure out what character you want to be. And I found that one of my students was telling me the perfect place online to f- buy wigs. Mm. So oh. cheap wigs. And so we can get anime wigs. <laughs> That's where. So we got to do that. But anyways, uh, in a nutshell, ZenkaCon, how do I rate it? Five stars out of five stars. It was a great con. The people were friendly. They were helpful when you asked questions, like all the people there. Um, some cons, you see uh, people seem a bit overworked. I didn't feel that way here. And uh, people just, real, a real nice con. You, If you ask people if you could take their photo, people were very friendly. said, yes, yes, sure, I'll pose for a photo. Mm-hmm. And uh, very nice, very nice, some great photos. And I'll post some in this uh, post and in this podcast as well so you can kind of see it. Um, well-organized con. That's important, too. Yeah. yeah. So I loved it. Can't say enough good things about this con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to go into this interview that we did. So uh, we interviewed uh, Richard Epcar and Eileen Stern. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about them? I mean, how do people know Richard Titai? What did he do? Well, he's Ichigo's sword, um, the Zinc Pateau. Um, That's the name of the sword, by the way. Yes, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> and um, and the wife played as, or Eileen Stern yeah. played as um, the mom of Ichigo's Ichigo's mother. Right. So this is obviously how you know, but they've done other stuff as well. I mean, Richard did Ghost in the Shell, the voice of Batu, the Joker in several of the Batman uh, games, including Injustice Gods Among Us, the fighting game of the year, and Raiden in Mortal Kombat X. And Ansem in Kingdom Hearts. So some people know him from that. Um, this uh, Eileen Stern, his wife, has started an anime with the Robotech series. So you might be familiar with the Robotech. I love the Robotech yeah. series. And then Gundam Unicorn, uh, True Crimes, Hong Kong, Bleach, as we said, um, Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence, and Armitage 3, and then Fight, Spirit of the Sword. So there are a lot. and They've done tons of anime. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they've just gotten pulled into anime. Um, we had a great interview, a good two minutes, easy to talk to, um, and uh, some great responses to her questions, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a real, real good time, real good time. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and play the interview. Now, Ichigo, advance. Never stop. If you retreat, you will age. Be afraid and you'll die. Now shout out my name! Well, my name is Scott Herzog, and this is my daughter, Taisha. Hi, we're Taisha. Part of, Hi, Scott. Hi. We're a part of, she's really the anime person. Be a, but we're a part of a podcast called the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Okay. And so, well, uh, we are delighted to meet both of you. Oh, that'd be great. Thank Larry. you, Larry. Thanks, buddy. Oh, thanks, Larry. Thank you. You rocks that, Larry. Yeah. So, let's start. What got you into doing voice acting? As particularly, I guess, the question is really in regards to anime. Well, what got me into voice acting was my wife. She actually it's got your me. fault. Yes. It is her, was, it is her fault, actually. I was doing a film called Jesse's Girls, and... Uh, I, I finished with the film, and the casting director said to me, do you want to do some voice work? And I said, yeah. And he said, there's an audition. And I said, can I bring my boyfriend along? He was my boyfriend then. And so he came along. I got all the women's roles. Richard got the male lead. And um, it was a great day. We earned $800 that day. Each, yeah. <laughs> So and I thought, this is, a, this is a hell of a gig. Yeah. You know? Let's <laughs> and, do more of this. And um, and then it was the launching pad. No, um, and and then one thing just kind of yeah. tumbled into the other, and then... Uh, These guys liked us, and they hired us for a bunch of stuff, and then from that, we got into Robotech. Okay. And from Robotech, we did just about every anime there is. <laughs> and then we start, you know, I started directing, and then Ellen started directing, and I... I did uh, got into games and animation and that sort of stuff too. And I got been, into those too. It's been it's yeah we both do and it's just been uh, it's just been great. I mean we're both still you know on camera actors. I mean and Ellen does a lot of stage work, but I saw we that uh, in your resume. yeah yeah but we uh, you know, just this has turned out to be uh, our bread and butter you know. So. Yeah, and it, it's really really funny because uh, we never thought of this. I mean, you grow up and you have goals and you say, well, this is what I want to do. And I mean, growing up, all I thought about was being a classical actress. And, um, and then, I, I mean, of course, reality sets in and you realize, well, I'm not just going to be a classical actress. You know, there's television, there's film, there's, you know, all these other mediums that I, I want to do. But then we never, we never thought about doing voice work. That wasn't even on the spectrum, and it was just serendipitous that it fell into our laps, and that we uh, made it our cottage industry. Yeah, it turned out to be a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I went to L.A. to be uh, the new Clint Eastwood. I became the new Mel Blanc. So yeah, no, there, there it you was go. kind of a different uh, deal. But although I did uh, enjoy you and what else you did. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. Sure that I watch. <laughs> so, you, uh, the tallest Edison in the world. Yeah, there you. Uh, my daughter has watched a lot of Bleach. Yes, yes. Oh. I'm Zangetsu and Bleach. Yeah. And was, I'm Masaki Kurosaki. Yeah. I'm Ichigo's mom. Ichigo's mom. Yeah. 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 Ichigo, like, you it, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Ichigo, where are you? Ichigo, come back. No, it's me who's dead. 
So. Why why the sword? Why the voice of the sword? Yeah. Why am I the voice of the sword? Or why, I mean, why does the sword have a voice? Yeah, or, well, those are things you have to ask the creators of the show. Because, right. you know, we do a lot of different stuff. And when, we're, when we do anime, anime is already created in Japan. So we're basically just replacing the Japanese dialogue right. with English dialogue. And what they do is they call us in. And many times we have... Well, most of the time, we have no idea what we're go- what we're going to do until we go in there, and they go, "Okay, you're the sword." You're okay. the, I, I mean, like like in what was it that I played a piece of shrimp? I'm so glad you shrimp. said shrimp. <laughs> All right. What 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 was that? Bo- that was bo 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 bo. I mean, you know, it's like in in bo bo bo. I played a piece of shrimp on a conveyor belt. Or I, I played two squirrels in his head. I mean, you know, it's like, what preparation do you do? You know, I train classically to be a shrimp. Actually, I put you cocktail know? sauce on the shoulders. <laughs> right, 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 feel right. like a shrimp. Right, right. You know, but we have no idea <laughs> right. many times yeah. what we're going to do when we go in and do it. So and is so, that spontaneous? It's that spontaneous. They yeah. go in, we look at the picture, and it, we, we roll one or two times to find a voice, and we have to be that quick, and we have to be that good. And you have to develop that character that Immediately, yeah. wow. instantly. You know, it's unlike, uh, you know, if you do film or television or stage, you get an opportunity to rehearse and see the script and work on it. And when you do voice work, you basically it. have to go in the booth and you're seeing it for the first time and you have to cold read a performance and that's not an easy thing for a lot of actors to do <laughs> so that's why the, that's why you see that basically the same people doing the same stuff over and over again because there's a group of us that are very good at this but it's you know even even I, and I've had I've had to direct celebrities and a lot of different stuff and they're terrible because they they're not used to working like that you know and it's a very tough they're good but, in their profession they're good at what not, they do but, but this is this is like apples and oranges and the producers think oh well he's an actor so he can do this no it's like saying you're a dancer so you you know if you're a kabuki dancer you can do ballet you know it's just right. a very different right. kind of style of acting and a very different style of dance so but by you know. the same token uh, it's like one of my one of my really really important things that <clears throat> i i really need as a director I need to cast actors because I don't want to work with someone who just does a funny voice because you want to hear a full characterization in there. You want to hear that this person has a life and that they're an authentic person. Right, right. Is there a difference when you do a voice for a character like a shrimp? versus a character for a person or or is it because it's voice acting is basically the same? Well, for example, in Zangetsu, he he's a sword, but he's also he's a spirit. He's a master, yeah. and he's he's not just a sword talking. Right. There's there's a there's a backstory to him, and there's a, there's a character there. So it's not Which you're not just playing a talking sword. Right. You're you're playing this character who happens to be a sword. Right. So yeah, you have to just you know become those different characters. So even though they're like inanimate mm-hmm. objects, it doesn't change from one to the other. No, because it's like it, it's like it, they've got to be a real human being. If you do not give them real human characteristics, it's going to lie flat. And you, as the watcher, as the listener, are going to watch it and say, "This doesn't feel right. It feels flat. It doesn't feel authentic." 
and the voice actors that you gravitate to are going to be those people who give reality to their performances. What has been some of your favorite anime to do? Uh, well, for me, one of my most favorite is uh, Bateau and Ghost in the Shell. I really like doing him. He's great. And the Joker, of course. I do the Joker. That's right. I forgot. So yeah. and do you get compared to Hamill at all? I, I do. I get compared to all of them. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the thing with doing something iconic like that is that, uh, you know, those are characters that are going to live on forever. And, and even when Mark and I are gone, there's going to be other actors playing those characters. As you can see, even in my lifetime, there's been like, you know, 15 <laughs> different people who have right. played that character. So, I mean, you know, it's just something that you have to put your own spin on. Just like there's been seven James Bonds, you know, and every right, one of them exactly. does it the way they, they make it their the own, you know, and they all do a good job. Now, personally, I still like Sean Connery the best, but, you know, but, <laughs> right. you know, everybody has right? to bring it to themselves and make it. And no one is doing... You know, trying to do Sean Connery playing James Bond, they're trying, they're being James Bond. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way I do the Joker. I'm not trying to be Mark Hamill. I'm not trying to be Heath Ledger and those guys. I'm just trying to do that. And and Ansem and Kingdom Hearts, of course, is a big one that I do. And uh, the other other big one is uh, um, Raiden in Mortal Kombat. So those are like my four big ones that I really like doing. All right. How about you? Um, well, one of the characters I did this last year was a movie I did with Martin Sheen and Matthew Modine <coughs> called Wrinkles. And um, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen it, but... <coughs> it's not animated, though. <laughs> well, it is animated. It's animated. Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's not animated. Uh, it, that... I, I love doing that. Um, <clears throat> you just did uni uh, a Gundam Unicorn. That's, that's yeah, it. Gundam Unicorn. I play Marcus <clears throat> Carbine. I'm the uh, I'm, I'm the villainess of the piece, and I love doing that because it went on for five years. Um, and I I love the character. She was she was dark and she was it, she was just she a was lot evil, of fun. You can say. She was very very evil. Yeah. Um, Typecasting. Yeah. <clears throat> I like doing, <clears throat> excuse me, I like doing Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I played Haraway in Ghost in the Shell. I love doing Bleach. Um, let me see, who else? We pretty much love anything we're hired to do. You know, yeah, go in and we, job, do, yeah. right. we do our, our best work Ooh. at whatever it is. You know, we try what, to do we our best. What I, really, uh, what I really love doing, something Richard and I just finished co-directing is Lupin the Third, the yes. blue, yeah. new Blue Jacket series. And I do a bunch of new characters in there. And Richard uh, reprises his role of Jigen, which is what he did 12 years ago. Yeah, I directed the original Red Thread series. So anyhow. Well, thank you for sitting down with us. Yeah, there are other course. people that want to jump in here. Well, I don't want to take so up other time. Thank you. I'm Pleasure meeting you. Meet you both. Pleasure meeting Did you. Did your daughter get you into the anime? Uh, yes, mostly. So. <laughs>
All right, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We hope you enjoyed the interview with two phenomenal voice actors. And uh, I can't believe they go into voice acting. When they, when they get a job, they go in there not knowing much about it and just have to kind of perform off the cuff. It's wow. pretty pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. M could probably do that. If sure. anyone could do it, M could do it. I'd be, I'd be interested in her, her, her perspective in this. Yeah, so M, let us know what you thought of the interview. You would have loved to be there, by the way, M. We got to bring you up. You know, we have a bed and breakfast you can stay at. You know, just just saying, just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, no excuse. Um, we want to give you our top five moments, our sci-fi five and five. We haven't done this in a while, but we have a sci-fi five and five that we do at the end of the show, and these are our top five moments from ZinkaCon. From ZinkaCon, and so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start at number five. We're going to work our way up to number one, and they aren't in really any order here. But let's talk about the dealer's room. We mentioned that earlier. Dealer's room. Phenomenal. Anything you want in anime, and I mean anything, Miles, including the little figurines, um, to comic books, to the novels, to movies, to T-shirts, to swords, to artwork, to representation, to cosplay materials, you can get it at this anime con. I may have to go to that next year. Some Robotech or uh, oh yeah, uh, Star Blazers. Uh, oh yeah, because they they obviously flip, fit into the anime, anime universe, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So um, very cool, very cool. So that you know the dealer room, big plus for this con. Uh, that comes in at our number five. Our number four has to be the karaoke um, and seeing the people sing. Let me tell you, tell me us about the first girl that sang or the second girl that sang. She was she was amazing. I don't. I mean, she was singing. I forgot what anime show it was. She was singing, either. but she was singing like a like a mouse. Like the way she went up high. I mean, a couple times it was a little bit too high for her. But yeah, some of these voices in when you listen to like the anime shows, they're they're high pitched. They're pretty high. Um, she hit it. Yeah, she was she'd... awesome, and she did it from memory. She had this mm-hmm. show memorized. Wow, that's the lady before her was reading the text, and she was awesome too. Yeah, she way. was one. But the this ones. second lady, whew, sorry, that was it was it was it was very it was I can't believe it. That's I was impressed. When I think of when I think of karaoke, I do not think of what they were doing. This was like American Idol karaoke, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> without the outtakes. So um, so number three. Meeting Ichigo's sword. Tell us about that. That was, of course, Richard Epcar. You were a highlight for you. Yes. Um, I was, I mean, when I met him, I was like, why the sword? Like, why? I mean, I just didn't get having a play for, a sword, you know what I mean? He did the voice of the sword for you, didn't he? Yes. A little bit. And I was like, whoa. It was kind of <laughs> weird. It kind of felt like I was, like, in the... You know, one of the one of the weirdest things you, you you thought was also with Vic and some of the others when you heard their voices and you realized, oh wait, yeah, that's the voice of this character, right? Yeah, that was and it kind of felt like like live too. It was like yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's weird because you don't when you see him in anime, you don't picture the people yeah. behind them. You kind of get sunk into that character. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, we we ran on to this is actually outside the convention center. This is our number two uh, because of Tasha's love with Bleach. By the way, T's real name is Tisha, by the way. Uh, because of her love with Bleach, we ran into who outside the convention? Um, Ichigo's sword. Well, now wait, let me repeat that. <laughs> yeah. um, not uh, Richard, but like the 
um, the guy cosplaying the guy, yeah, as cosplaying Ichigo, Ichigo, and he had the sword, and he got the sword, a wooden signed. sword, signed by Richard Epcar. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that would be, if you're a fan of that, that you'd be tickled to have that. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> like getting a phaser signed by Shatner or something. Exactly. You know, it was that same sort of feel. Yeah. Um, so that was very cool. Yeah, it was kind of scary, because it was like, first you listen to Richard speaking of that cosplay voice, yeah. and then you meet the guy who's dressed up as... And this guy had long hair. Like, Ichigo, yeah, when you it, first meet Ichigo in the show, has really short hair. But as the show goes on, he gets really long hair at one point. Is that right? Uh, that's Ichigo's sword. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, very good. And our number one has to be the cosplay. Um, I can't tell you how many awesome costumes that we saw there. And it wasn't just anime. It was an anime convention. But I saw Deadpool walking around. I saw Wolverine. I saw a lot of Star Wars. Uh, there was a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, I think Wonder was. Woman. There was a Link. Uh, people are familiar with Link from... Um, oh, come on, I can't believe it. Um, Legends of Zelda. Uh, the Zelda Legends of Zelda series. So a lot of cosplay running around from that. Um, Tisha's into this basketball show right now in anime. There are a lot of basketball players people dressed up as the basketball players from the show which by the way would not be a hard cosplay to do because of that mm-hmm. uh, some of the dresses were a little bit more complex but um, it was really an awesome con so mm-hmm. so these are our five highlights and uh, we loved her a minute we want to go back next year yeah yeah so very good I think that's it thank you Taisha for coming on and yes. chatting about mm-hmm. uh, ZegaCon a little bit I You're know you welcome. were kind of nervous to do this yes so <laughs> But you see that Miles and I, all we do is just kind of talk a little bit. It's not a real big deal. We just kind of chat. We just run our mouths. Yeah, we don't, we don't know when to shut up. It's uh. pretty true. Um, but it was very good, very good. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome. So, All right, well, um, I think that's about does it for our show tonight. I think it does, too. It was a good show, and uh, Zeka Khan, again, can't say enough good things about it. Did you have any questions as a con-goer about the con? No, I think you pretty much answered it. It's just um, similar similar vibe to the ones we've been to. It's just uh, it, obviously this this was specializing in anime. Yeah, just it, again, uh, focus on anime, mm-hmm. uh, voice acting. If you're into voice acting, mm-hmm. um, this is a con for you. Um, not just anime, but a predominant portion of it was was focused on the anime, mm-hmm. and it was. It was really well done, really well run. Mm-hmm. So 10 years under the belt, they have to be doing something right. Um, their stories of talking in a small, like a couple hundred people in a banquet hall was kind of the first anime convention and it's slowly going from there. So they've grown over the years. So 10 years of doing an anime con and they've certainly learned a lot over the years, that's for sure. Um, impressed by them. I actually registered to go as press uh, late in the game. I uh, We just didn't, uh, I didn't, think about it and I forgot it was coming up and one of my students at school said hey ZenkaCon I'm like oh yeah well maybe I should try to go to that and so and they were great they were great to talk to um, and very nice people very nice people so very can't good. say enough good, yeah. good things about them so. I'm glad, glad you and your daughter had a good t- good time and a good experience there yeah well, Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, if you haven't done so, please check out our website. You can find out a little bit more about us there. Obviously, visit us on our Facebook page. There's a lot of news and stuff that we don't even talk about in the show that are go there. We have a couple of people moderating that that help us with the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast and posting there. Um, and uh, we have a Twitter, Sci-Fi Diner, that you can also hit. Uh, we basically post shows there. Some stories get retweeted there and so on. But Facebook is the big place that we talk. 
Yes. Facebook, so. We use Facebook most. Yeah. So, I believe that's about it. All right. Well, until next time, good night and good luck. We will see you.